Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. talk about life's filters. We hear about filters these days. You know, you've got to filter information, filter people, filter things. And so I want to talk about life's filters. I know a little bit about filters because we have a swimming pool and it teaches me a lot of things, the swimming pool. But a very important thing about the swimming pool is after it's gone green in winter, you then spend weeks trying to get it clear again and the filters get clogged incredibly. Um, regularly. So we have three different filtration, you know, devices on the pool um, filtration system and all of them clog instantly. It's, it's like as soon as you turn it on, all the leaves just go in, first filter clog. You put it back in, second filter clogged. And, and then you, so you're forever just trying to clean out your filters. And I've realised that it's really important as believers that we regularly clean out our filters. And I want to look at three filters today that I think that we, or actually four. I, I thought I always do three, so I'm going to do four today just to break it up. Is that okay? Excellent. So the first filter I thought of was our mind. The second one is our beliefs. The third one is our relationships. And the fourth one is our experiences. And so thinking about our mind it's, it's actually a very, very solid filter, isn't it? It's one that we put information into and we, we think about and we have our knowledge, we have our understanding. Um, however, when we actually look at the simplicity of Jesus and who he is, he's a man who wants to have a relationship with you and with me. And sometimes our mind gets in the way because the filter's got clogged. It's got clogged with so much knowledge. Uh, I, I had to chuckle to myself when we are at the awakening and we just saw... I don't know, a thousand people responded an older call and we'd been there and there's church leaders from all over the nation and um, people are getting saved and, you know, you're just looking. And, I, and I, I just had this funny little moment and I thought, wow, we, we, we humans are just so small. We're so small sometimes. And the reason is, is because I was just remembering a little bit of controversy on Facebook that, that you know, a leader had said, oh, I'm not endorsing awakening. I'm, I have concerns. I have concerns. And I'm looking at a thousand people respond to Jesus. And I'm thinking, gosh, we're, we're just pea brains sometimes, aren't we? We think we know. We know nothing. We know absolutely nothing. Things that we've stood against and we have doctrine against. And Jesus must just sit there and just literally roll over and say, please, please, really? Get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. Get over your issues and your problems and your, your, your knowledge. You think you know everything and you know nothing. Everything is meaningless, Ecclesiastes says. And I think sometimes I remind myself that, that just you, you have a pea brain, you don't know what you're talking about. And I think it's kind of healthy to have that little posture about ourselves because the more knowledge we get, the more we think we know. And uh, it can be dangerous. Romans 8, 5 and 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This, this filter of our mind 
is so important to keep clean. David cried out, Lord, give me clean hands and a pure heart. It's one of those prayers that we continually pray. We remind ourselves to just stay pure, stay focused on Jesus. And it can be all-consuming sometimes in life with, with things that we encounter, people we encounter, problems, issues, and even our own mind wars against us sometimes, doesn't it? And we have to take stock and maybe declare the Word of God over our own mind. We, we heard someone, talk, actually it was Phil Mason, I think, who was here recently. We were having lunch with him and some other pastors yesterday. And, and oh, what, what was he He was saying there's a quote that, you know, you're actually crazy unless you talk to yourself. Um, and and or something like that. It's probably better than that, but that's my version of it. Yeah, that, yeah, crazy if you don't talk to yourself. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. But here you are thinking you're the only crazy one. When we all do it, we all have to battle through the mind, don't we? Our insecurities, our limitations and the enemy's voice, the whisper, you're not good enough or you haven't done enough, you haven't prayed enough, you haven't done what everyone else has done. Those are words of the enemy. They're not words of a loving father. And so when we clean out that filter, we actually see Jesus for who he is and really all he's doing is just saying, beloved, beloved, Come and abide. Come and be with me. Come and hear my voice. And he's a loving shepherd, isn't he? He's not condemning. He's not criticizing. And, you know, well, I won't go down that track. Our beliefs. Galatians chapter 2, 4 and 5 says, uh, and you'll get it in a minute, but this matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ. Isn't that interesting? People were joining them to see what is going on with these believers. They have radical freedom. What's going on? And then the revival police came in. The doctrine police were sent in like spies to shut the thing down and cause criticism. And I'm not endorsing this move of this man of God, the Messiah who calls himself. Do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, pea brains. Come on. We can't be pea brains. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. It is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. We have filters of our own beliefs and our own mind and our own experience and our own understanding of God. But the older I get, the less I know. And I, I'm sure I've heard some of you say that too. I mean, honestly, when I hit 85, I'm going to literally know zero but you learn humility and you, you learn that actually there are so many different ways God works that our little brains can only comprehend very, very micro amounts of the kingdom of heaven. It is so big. It is so big. God works in ways that we can't understand. He even works, you know, I mean, he's worked in revival movements over history that have had the shocking doctrine. But he saved thousands upon thousands upon thousands, healed bodies and restored people over and over again. Why? Because of the sovereign grace of God. Because he is in control. And all we can do is learn more about him, get to know him and ask him to come and have his way in our life. Because it's, and it's, this is one of those filter areas. If our filters are clogged with too much disappointment, too much self, too much own knowledge and too much trying to work out how we are going to do everything, then they're clogged. Clean out the filters. It's really easy. The good thing about filters is, you know, back flushing a pool. You just open up the dial, bang, the water just back flushes through and down it goes to the neighbor's dam. 
<laughs> so they have three-headed sheep next door. All right, I think I better clarify. Just we have we have a natural magnesium pool. The water is pure. It's fine. There's no chemicals. Okay, so that is all in jest. Our beliefs. See, interestingly enough, here Paul's describing how people tried to infiltrate into their freedom and bring confusion and bring strife and bring dissension and try and bring down the freedom that the believers had. Infiltrate. And that's what the enemy will do. It's what our own weakness will do. The filters need to be clean. They need to be clean. And clean water is so much better. And Jesus himself is the water of life. He's the water of life. So when we clean out the filters, we get clean water. We don't get damaged water. We don't, we don't have a Jesus who is wounded. We don't have a Jesus who, who wants to bring down other people. We don't have a Jesus who's always on the prowl for correct doctrine and incorrect doctrine. And you might think, why are you harping on about that? I, I suppose it just hit me with, with I don't know, maybe 18-odd thousand, 20,000 people in a, a, a stadium the Friday night we were there, uh, I'm thinking, man, there would be so many diverse views on the end times in this room. <laughs> and, and the father's just there laughing at every little view on the end times. Man, you think you know. <laughs> the son doesn't even know yet. And yet you guys are down. And, and, but other, other things we get so caught up on. It is a waste of time. It's an absolute waste of energy. Waste of energy. The pure relationship with Jesus is our, that's our motivation. He is our motivation. Not many people get argued into the kingdom. Ever notice that? People get drawn into the kingdom. Drawn into the kingdom. And so it's one of those things that sometimes we, our beliefs need cleaning out. Just refreshing. And the filters need cleaning. The third one, our relationships. Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Sometimes our relationships, our friends or people, associates, maybe we change jobs or change careers or change environments and all of a sudden we're encountering new people who are carrying some baggage and we begin to get a little bit of their baggage or negativity or toxicity and all of a sudden this word becomes relevant. Hang on, you were going well. You were running a good race. What's happened? Who cut in on you? You ever met someone and you haven't seen them for maybe a year or two and they're just talking a little bit different. It's like, what, what's going on in their life to make them to begin to talk like that? might be disappointment. It might be they've been let down by someone. But maybe, who's cut in on you? You were running a good race. Who on earth has cut in on you? Is it the enemy or is it someone toxic? Watch out for toxic people. I watched a, I, I watched a clip from Paul Scanlon and... He said this, well, he said something like this, because I can never quote people completely accurately. Um, but he said that if people around you are talking about other people, I have to assume you're talking about me. And I mean, it seems so simple. Karen said it to me for a decade, and, you know, I've finally got it now. But it's one of those little pieces of wisdom. If people are talking to you about other people, they're talking to other people about you. And so we need to wise up and realize, what? You're telling me about someone else's stuff? You're definitely going to be telling others about my stuff. 
it's not okay. It's called gossip. And Paul really talks heavy duty about gossip in Galatians. And so it's one of those things that as we grow in the kingdom and we purify our filters, we realize it is not okay. It's not okay to have cloudy water. It's not okay to have that stuff in our filters anymore. And so sometimes just washing our filters, even of toxic people or toxic conversations, can clean us up. Remember David's cry, clean hands and a pure heart. Clean water of life flowing through my spirit. Clean the water of life, Jesus Christ, pure Jesus, not others' opinions, not different circumstances. Sometimes we just go back to zero, don't we, and say, hang on, I'm going to get rid of all my disappointments, all of that stuff, and just spend time with Him. Just get to know Him again. Get to know Him again. Jesus, the simple man, that man who we're going to meet at the end of our life, and He's going to look us in the eyes. And he, he calls us his beloved. He's not calling you, you bad people. He's not, he's not got a big stick. We're his beloved. We're the ones that he loves. We're the ones, us, who he has released his spirit to, to display him on earth. He's entrusted that as our inheritance. The last thing is our experience. Our experience, many of us have experiences that determine our view of God, our view of Jesus. And sometimes we need to just clean out the filters of our experiences because we've been disappointed, we've been hurt, we've been rejected, we've been betrayed, we've been confused and misunderstood. And, you know, maybe people close, people around, they just don't, they don't, just don't get us. They just don't get you. Might be at work or any, any setting of life. It's interesting, I, was, I think I was saying to Ryan, or maybe I was just thinking it. You ever do that? You think you've said something, but you just thought it through your head. Um, you know, any, any person who's done anything great for God has generally been rejected by people around them. They've faced betrayal, rejection, deception, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, Karen and I talk to leaders all the time, and it's like, oh, man, that happened to you. Oh, that happened to us too. And so we high-five each other. Yeah. <laughs> But it happens, doesn't it? Life happens. There's another four-letter word for it. Something happens, but, you know, life happens. It happens. We get hurt. People hurt people. Because we're, 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 we're broken. And so we're doing our best, but we still hurt each other. And sometimes people hurt each other and they don't even mean to. But just the enemy gets in, you know, and they were running a good race, but the enemy just put some deception in there or put a lie in there or put some confusion in there. You know, just like chili, a very little amount, but boy, it causes issues. And <laughs> I wasn't really thinking that, but it's, it's true though, isn't it? And then we walk away and we go, what is the problem here? We have issues, but we don't, we don't even have issues. Or it's like this, it's tiny. And so that's the enemy's plan, isn't it? To steal, kill, and destroy. And he's the great divisive prince. He's the divisive prince. So if he can bring division in marriages, if he can bring division in people's minds and cause confusion, if he can bring division in experiences, division in our relationships, and divisions in our beliefs, 
then he clogs up the filters with everything so we can't see the pure water of life anymore. We can't see the purity of Jesus. We can't see the simplicity of the gospel. Nick Vujicic, I know that's not how I pronounce it, but he has no arms and no legs, an evangelist who was there on Friday night. Honestly, the best gospel message I've heard in a decade. Just staggering. I was fixated, 45 minutes. I'm just like, wow, I haven't really blinked. Um, just, just phenomenal gospel message. And, um, and again, it just reminded me that every single one of us has this message. Every single one of us has this message. And sometimes we can feel like, okay, now we have to do this. Now we have to do this. I don't often hear the Father say to me, you have to do this. Normally, he's giving me an invitation or a choice. Do you know what I mean? Have to is one of those interesting words, and I'm sure maybe, maybe God does say it at various times, but sometimes when we feel that compulsion or that obligation, we've got to do this, then normally that can be our minds saying, you've got to do this. Flush out the filters and hear the Father's voice over your life. And, you know, it, it can sometimes be, and next week you'll notice, you know, there'll be a whole tribe back here and they're going to be full of God. And that's great. We want that. We want that. But all of a sudden, you don't need to feel any lesser. We all get an upgrade. Remember, in the, fa- in the kingdom family, we all get an upgrade. Right now, they're here. In fact, Brian and Jenny are sleeping in. He just messaged me. I, I said, how's it going this morning? And he sent me a photo of the laptop open. I'm like, all oh, right. So very holy, aren't they? Anyway. But, you know, when it's family, you can joke, can't you? You can joke and muck around and that sort of stuff. But we all get an upgrade. And then we say, all right, Lord, what does that purity of water look like for me? Not for, not for those guys who've got back, not for anyone else in the room, for me. Because it's different anointing for every single one of you. Every single one of you. Some of you, uh, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we can sometimes feel like we have to, now do that particular behavior. And sometimes there's a good challenge and a good stirring. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, but it can be one of those things. Now we feel like we have to act a certain way or do certain things. And before you know it, we're sort of, we're sort of stepping into another's lane. <laughs> Learning how God speaks through you and acts through you is so powerful. It's so powerful. And when you know how he operates through you, you've got... Your own armor on. You haven't got Saul's armor on. You're not wearing anyone else's cloak. You've got your armor on. And I find it interesting because I'm starting to investigate just doing some business consulting again. And I'm actually with a couple of potential clients next week. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I really, I'm stirred up from the wake and I really should, you know, open with the gospel. And then I'm thinking, no, that's complete false pretense of why I'm having coffee with these guys. And, and so learning our voice, the, the truth is I've got to trust that God's in me and that he'll operate through his anointing in me, not my anointing in him. There's a big difference. And so we put on our armour, maybe study, it may just be a coffee with someone, it may be spending time with someone, maybe in Farsi for you guys. And we saw Pastor Fred in Melbourne, by the way. Yes, we said hello and yeah. Um, anyway, you know where I was going with that. Your own armour, your own armour. Yeah, it's very important. I want to finish with this. I want to ask everyone to stand. 
Have you noticed my sermons are getting shorter and shorter? I'm just looking at them. I'm like, man, 20 minutes, that's amazing. Anyway, I felt to read scripture over us this morning. I want you to put your hand on your heart or lift your hands or something. I want to I just decree over us. And I believe this is the word of the Lord over each one of us. So take this in your spirit. Clean the filters out <laughs> and let the Holy Spirit through the word of God minister to you this morning. I want the worship team just to come up too as we do that. I'm just going to pray and then I'm just going to read read a a passage over us. Lord, we thank you that you've called us by your name, that you have anointed us and that you want to do great things through every single person in this room. There is not one who is left astray. There is not one who is uncalled. There is not one who is left out or misses out on the good things of heaven. Everyone, everyone in the kingdom family receives from the Father an inheritance. And so, Lord, we pray today that you would release your blessing, the Father's blessing over us this morning, that we would be washed and cleaned, our filters, our minds, our beliefs, our understanding. We submit it all to you, Jesus. We submit it all to you this morning. And we ask for just a fresh washing of our filters, the filtration systems of our heart and mind. And, Lord, we ask for your Spirit to come. And minister to us today, personally. Holy Spirit, if we need reviving, that you would revive us. If we need strength, you'd give us strength. If we need healing, you would touch bodies now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would release whatever is needed for us today. Father, I pray, release the presence of God in this place. Release the presence of God in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Just stay in that atmosphere. I want to read Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God is in your midst right now. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you. With gladness. He's laughing over you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. He will exult over us with loud singing, with love. And with rejoicing, the mighty one of Israel will save. No one is left out. No one is left out. Everyone receives from heaven. Father, release your presence and your life and your healing power. Now in Jesus' name in this house.